Good morning, Darren Knight, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Surviving to Drive podcast. Today, we are discussing the entirety of the 2022 Formula One season. This is your favorite source of American-based F1 conversation presented by me, Alex, and my co-host, Tyler. Let's race into it. That was really good. I wasn't done yet. <laughs> what a ride it's been, Alex. Yeah, it's been uh, been quite the season this year, huh? I mean, definitely. The we'll kind of get into a little bit, a little bit of a short race recap of Abu Dhabi, but that wasn't wasn't the highlight of the season, I would say. But no, overall was we had a lot of records broken this season, yeah, um, and some good races thrown in there, so. Yeah, I, definitely. I guess we'll go and start into it today and kind of go through go through the entire season for you guys. Yeah, even, I mean, started out the season with a, a whole new generation of cars. The podcast started this season. We have a lot of a lot of highlights to get through, and I think we'll focus on, on some of the drivers and some of the constructors today, and then uh, we'll do an award show in, on another episode and give out some awards to some of our favorite events that happen throughout the season. But let's go ahead and do a quick recap on the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Do you want to run us through a couple of highlights from that race? Yeah, so, you know, it's overall, I would give it like a 5 out of 10 yeah. for a race. I think it was just an average race. It wasn't wasn't terrible, wasn't great. Um, you know, you had at the beginning, you had the uh, Hamilton-Signs incident, which is very similar to the incident between Hamilton and Verstappen. Last yeah. year, just kind of, they were flipped this year. It was Hamilton was in Verstappen's position and vice versa. But um, he ended up having to give the spot back to Signs after a few laps, but he did it in a really, really strategic way, I think, and got right back at Signs right away. Mm-hmm. So other than that, Max kind of ran away at the beginning, but I think Hamilton did look good there for for a podium for sure, if not second place even. Mm-hmm. Um, he was looking quick, but um, yeah, you kind of had Max run away at the beginning there, uh, and then it became a battle of strategies really the rest of the way between Perez and Charles, and that was pretty much the only battle that everyone was really paying attention to and looking at. Yeah, I think uh, you know a little bit of eyes on uh, Sebastian Vettel as well for his yeah. last race was. That was kind of where the other attention was, but definitely up front, that second place battle uh, in the drivers' championship was, uh, I think, the talking point this year. Unfortunately, it wasn't for first place as it was last year, but uh, ended up being a pretty interesting battle. Uh, as you said, there was some tire strategy going into that, and uh, a lot of talk about you know one stop, two stops. What was it looking like? And uh, Red Bull kind of committed a little earlier than probably they should have. Yeah, Red Bull committed very early to the to the two-stop strategy with Perez, at least, um, which was interesting because I thought they would use Max kind of as the test dummy there to see what it what it would look like. No. But they chose to go with Perez. I know, I know. Yeah, pro- in normal circumstances, no, but in the last race when they already had it wrapped up and how much they talked about how they were going to prioritize Perez, I thought they would, yeah. or maybe they would. Um, but they brought him in really early, really early committed to the two-stop, and then Leclerc basically just did the opposite and went so long. Mm-hmm. On his tires to start the race and it just complete opposite strategies there and um you know it ended up paying off for leclerc in the end the one stop won it out and obviously prez was starting to catch at the end but he didn't even get close i think he was a few seconds behind still yeah at the end of the race so yeah we hinted at a little bit but you know coming off of brazil there was a lot of talk about the max and perez kind of internal duel that was going on about the uh points and swapping positions helping out perez and uh this race we didn't really get to see them too close together the only thing that that max was able to provide was a uh mention to his engineer that he can really push on the tires and and tell perez to push uh because the tires were lasting a little bit longer than they were expecting to but nothing really other than that i think it was a pretty simple race i agree with you about a five out of ten nothing too special you know personally i've never really loved races at abu dhabi i think the first race that i watched there i actually fell asleep because it was such a yeah. <laughs> such a fall in line race and and uh not too much action but you know love the spectacle at the end uh with the donuts and, and the fireworks yeah. and that's always fun way to end the season there yeah i agree i think even with the track changes they made i guess last year they made them already it i guess it helped a little bit but it really it still feels like a straightforward race mm-hmm. and i think the only reason people are going to i think you're always going to maybe get less because it is the last race of the season unless you have an incident like last year but I think what happened last year is going to cause people to just watch it every single year regardless just because of what happened in 2021. Yeah. It's just going to bring eyeballs to it anyways. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's just one of those races where everything everybody seemed to fall in the line right away. You know, you had a little bit of back and forth, but not much. And then 
there really was no drama either. You had Hamilton and Alonso DNFing because of different engine failures, but mm-hmm. there really weren't any big crashes. And I know you had the Mick Latifi incident, which was yeah so classic, just a perfect way for those two to to end their F1 driving careers with a little incident between both of them. Um, but other than that, there was really no drama. It kind of everything fell into line as is, and uh, it was good to see Vettel get points. Yeah, in his last race, that was nice to see. Uh, same with Danny Rick, he got in the points as well. So mm-hmm. it was just good to see kind of those guys go out in a high. But other than that, yeah, it was a pretty pretty basic race. Yeah, agreed. And you know, while we're on it, I guess we should touch on our massive performances of the week. We can't miss that segment for a little yes. little review. So I think you know the driver might have to be Mick there for that incident and kind of an overall week weekend. I don't think he had too much going for him. Ended kind of poorly. Yeah, no, he went out in flames in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, I that was his fault that incident and. You know, normally like like the award usually like you guys as you guys know it has mostly gone to Latifi this year, but in this case, Latifi obviously didn't he didn't qualify great either. Like he was nowhere to be found in the race as well, but like he didn't really make mistakes or anything. He just was in a slow car and didn't really do much. But mm-hmm. the Schumacher thing that was tough for him. That's a tough way like to go out and like a desperation move like that. Like I don't know, it's I feel like it's insult to injury, but. Yeah, I, I can understand it. I feel like, you know, being your last race uh, in the near future with not too many prospects going forward, you know, you're you're reaching yeah. a little bit, you're trying. Uh, and we've seen that with Ricardo throughout the season, knowing that his his line, his seat's on the line and, you know, reaching out there just a little bit too much, lunging a little too far. And yeah, that one caught up to Mick and uh, obviously caught up to the back of Latifi a little quicker than he was expecting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then for team performance, what are your thoughts on this? Because I think there's a couple ways you could go. I mean, you have your your classic teams like like Haas and Williams, and that don't that just didn't have good weekends the entire way around. But I think you can make an argument for Aston Martin in this because of. I mean, I know Vettel ended up getting back in the points, but it was a horrible strategy. They made him go so long to start the race on those hards, and he was so slow, and he was just getting roped in by everybody, and then basically put him way back in the pack, and then he had to try to fight his way through at the end. But he had to go long on the mediums then too. Yeah, and it's a strategy that worked, though, we saw for Charles. And, and yeah. that's where it becomes a little bit different. You know, the, the cars just didn't handle the tires the yes, same way. Yeah. So uh, a little bit interesting there. That was a really interesting race from Vettel. I think, you know, watching him just fall back the order after really a great race in Brazil. Yeah. A lot of fun to watch him uh, fight through the pack there. But, yeah, just kind of tough to see him falling back and obviously not happy on the radio about it. But, yeah, it's a strategy that Ferrari pulled off, and it worked yeah. for them. So hard to knock him for that. I think I think probably Haas, uh, Williams maybe. I think Haas had I a really poor weekend. I think because of Mick, he just had to go with Haas. Yeah. They just kind of – it was just a sour end to what was just – I think I saw a tweet. I think they had, like, the second half of the season, so after – Basically, after around like um, Austria, when they had that double point finish mm-hmm. with with Mick and Kevin, after that, I think they scored one point the rest of the season. They had something. A, they had a few like from a few more from uh, Brazil. Oh, that's right. Yeah, K-Max maybe it was three. Race. Yeah, maybe it was three. Then with the whatever it was, it was like the lowest of the rest of the teams yeah. for this like course of the season, basically. Yeah, really tough. And you know, I think that leads us into kind of the way that we're gonna go through the entirety of the season is, is just from the bottom to the top and. You know, we'll hit on a few of those things, those trends that some of these teams saw, you know, starting out well and, and not improving at all. And then uh, some other teams that, that work their way up the grid and are looking hopeful for next season. But let's go ahead and start. I think we'll start with the Drivers' Championship and work our way up and maybe touch on teams when we get there. Yeah, I agree. So uh, we'll start all the way at the bottom in 22nd place. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg, who filled in this year. Yeah, I mean, not much to say. You're filled in two races for Vettel. Uh, they they didn't go bad there. I remember. I mean, they didn't have the car at all to really get points, anyways. So, I think for him to just come in and fill was pretty impressive. But I mean, he's he's got a seat for next year now. So, like, I I don't know. There's not not much to talk about here. He just filled in for those two races. Yep. Um, I think we'll just leave it at that. Honestly, I think. Yeah. I mean, we can get to Aston Martin. I think the man in front of him. So twenty first, uh, Nick DeVries with two points. I think definitely worthy talking about. Obviously, has a seat next year um, with AlphaTauri, but. Uh, comes in for one race on where a weekend where he had done test runs with Aston Martin, not even Williams. Yep. Gets called up a few, like an I think it was like an hour and a half before they were supposed to like you know get out on track that Albon was uh, sick and couldn't race, and then he gets called up, has to drive a completely different car than he did earlier in the weekend, makes it into or 
doesn't make it into Q3, but because of uh, penalties and stuff, ends up starting the race in eighth or ninth. Eighth. Uh, eighth, I believe it was, yeah. And then, you know, started out-qualified Latifi, who's been with the team for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then completely out-raced Latifi, too. Scores points in his debut, scores two points, finishes ninth. And I know he kind of got in a DRS train there, but he held his own. Yeah. Uh, he didn't really get past. He it was just really good driving. That was really impressive to me for him to come in like that. And I think like we talked about before, that's what really earned him that seat for next year. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, more than just out racing Latifi, I think he outraced a lot of, a lot of guys that fell below him and uh, really able to hold his own, like you said, and and prove that he has that formula one caliber. And I think, you know, that race might be up for performance of the year. I think his, I think it could be his ability to step in and be, uh, you know, adaptable in, in the amount of cars that he's raced, just in, in testing and in yeah. free practice ones, he's filled in for uh, so many different teams and his ability to, to come in there and have a really good race and bring in some points for a team that doesn't see points hardly ever. You know, he was sitting above Latifi for quite some time and actually yeah. tied Latifi in the standings, who we'll get to next. But, you know, with one race on the calendar, he tied Latifi in the same car. So, you know. Yeah, Latifi had in 22 races. Yeah. Yeah, so... I, yeah, I think I'm glad he had it. I, I think it earned the seat. Like I said, I think it reminded people like, and I'm, I th- feel like a lot of people like in general, like didn't realize like that he, or forgot. I mean, he won for a Formula E world championship, won the Formula two world championships. So, like he's had that success and like statistically and like going up to the ranks and stuff, you could argue it earned the right already to be, get a chance at Formula one. And then I think that kind of cemented it. Yeah, I think a lot of teams in the in the past couple of years have been looking for young talent, and I think this year was the first year that a lot of people, you know, stopped and took a look around. Yeah, more than more so than just at F two, and so we had a lot more talent on the plate, which made yeah. for a really good, you know, silly season, which was a lot of fun to to keep tabs on. But definitely deserving from DeVries, great performances. Super excited to watch him next year, and uh, we'll get into that in a future episode. But for now, let's jump up to, to Nicholas Latifi. Uh, not a lot of good to say here. No. You know, he had uh, quite an abysmal season. He scored two points in his entire career uh, this year. Just a rough, rough team member to watch throughout the season, being outperformed so often. Uh, yeah. And obviously not a great car, you know. No. Albin's next on yeah, the list. Yeah, Albin's so. 19th. So we can kind of hit on Albin and Latifi here and, and Williams in general, I guess, because they kind of – bring at the rear of this field, obviously. But um, I think for Latifi here, it's, he somehow, each Formula 1 season he drove, got worse, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about before, he kind of got shielded by George before because everyone was just like, ah, it's George Russell, though. Like, you know, it's, we can't really compare him to George. Like, that's why he's getting outperformed like that. Um, but then when you look at Albon, Albon only scored two more points than him, but their car was so bad. It should have never been in the points ever to begin with. But on pace and just finishing position, like the average finish, finishing position, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but it was several spots ahead that Albon always finished. Yeah, he always outqualified him. Um, consistently, Albon would, you know, at worst would get it up into fourteenth, fifteenth, would make some places up and would be racy at least. Mm-hmm. Latifi was always at the back of the pack. He was always last of the finishers. Um, I, you know, there was really no like I don't remember any like Nicholas Latifi highlights from the year where he had a good pass or anything because he just was getting blue flagged all the time. Like yeah. I think just the what did him in is just the it's not even the number of points he scored and stuff because again Albon only had four points it was I think just how much he got outperformed by Albon was absolutely insane and, and quite a few more incidents too I mean he you know probably cost that team a, a good amount of money and yeah and some money that they could have used to develop the car Albon was just very consistent this year you know I, I think the number of races where he finished 11th or 12th was was pretty high and uh, I don't think that four points reflects that, but he worked very hard to get you know yeah. each and every one of those points in different races. So uh, a decent season from Albon. Uh, not sure. I don't know. What do you think his prospects are looking like for the future? Because you know he started at AlphaTauri, moved up to to Red Bull way too early, yeah. and now he's just kind of you know he's gotten back into the sport, which is great. Yeah. But it's kind of a tough position to be in, you know, because I don't think. Red Bull is, is the, the driver program or the team that wants to admit that they did something wrong, moving him down. Oh, no, and, definitely not. And pull him back up. But, you know, I'm not sure where else he goes, especially with as crowded as the driver market is right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know he has like a multi-year contract now with Williams, and I definitely think he deserves to be at least in that seat at worst. Mm-hmm. 
in the field. I think he deserves to be in Formula One. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see like if if Williams can get even just a little bit better and can be potentially at least maybe sometimes fighting for the back end of the points. If he can finish, you know, in terms of point scoring, if he can be up near where like uh, like Magnuson and Gasly were this year, like in the twenties next year or something, yeah, then you could be like, all right, he's making progress, like whatever. But it's it's just tough to judge when they have that bad of a car. Like, is it the driver? Or is the car just that bad? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see, and we'll get into this when we get our predictions and stuff. Our thoughts on Logan Sargent, but. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see like how he compares to him. Definitely. And if he continues to out, like there's no reason he shouldn't stay in Formula One if he continues to completely outperform his other teammate. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll be around for at least a couple of years. He's got the contract obviously. And mm-hmm. I think they'll stick to that. But then beyond that, you know, does he maybe try to make his way up into teams and get into something like, I don't know, like an Alfa Romeo or something like that eventually? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. And, uh, all kind of depends on where Williams goes. Let's yeah. touch real quick on the fact that their team principal and uh, chief engineer are kind of up for grabs right now after yeah. some developments in that uh, team principal silly season. Nothing expected, but uh, got a little wild on us after the season ended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had the little rumors of potentially Jensen Button or Susie Wolf, which mm-hmm. either of those would be awesome. I agree. I think having Jensen Jensen Button's awesome. I think that'd be great for them and like a good and then same with Susie Wolf like that's I I think like we talked about you know off the pod that like it would be a little weird having two Wolves as team principals but like I know in terms of Formula E she did a lot of work at the top with um one of the other teams not the Mercedes team um the other team that they're like kind of partnered with mm-hmm. she did a lot of work with and like she obviously Toto is Toto so like I'm assuming she'd do a great job too so I think that would be I think it would be like I, I would lean more Jensen just because he's got like the Formula One experience and stuff. But it would be kind of electric if Susie Wolf was the team principal too. It would be really cool. for like the media and like the memes and just like everything in general. Like it would be very cool if she was team principal. Yeah, you won't see Toto riding around on a scooter with any other woman anymore. No, <laughs> that would be interesting. But uh, TBD on that, and obviously we'll keep you updated. But let's go ahead and move up to Zhou Guan Yu. Yeah. So for Zhou, I think uh, I think it started out really great the season. Um, Alfa Romeo in general started out really great. We'll obviously touch on them more when we get up to Bottas, who's quite a bit more up to order. But I think Joe, ex- as expected, got outperformed by Bottas. I think both mm-hmm. of us thought thought that, and I think general public would have thought that too. I think he started out the season good. He you know got points early on and on his debut. On his debut, had a strong start and he had some had some decent qualifying as well throughout the year. But um, I think it's kind of tough to evaluate because like they had more DNS for their en- like for engine and stuff than yeah. anybody. I don't I forget what the number was, but it was a disgusting number of DNFs that they had. He went on like a four race and four a row race streak, streak. Yeah, yeah, where like it was either crashes or engine. Um, and it didn't feel like most of the crashes were his fault. Maybe I'm misremembering, but but um, I think overall, I think he had a, a, a solid rookie season based on the car they had. I mean, they were fighting for one point at most most races, so. Yeah, I agree. To get I think six, not terrible. He, he's definitely been kind of, you know, consistent, and that's something yeah. that you want to see out of a rookie. And so I'm really excited to see where he's able to go with this. Hopefully the team's able to, to take a step forward, and, uh, you know, we'll touch more on it when we get up to Bottas. But that team dynamic worked really well, and I, I'm, yeah, I I'm really happy for him that he's able to, you know, stick in there. There was a lot of kind of doubts coming into the season yeah. about about him and, and really why he was being promoted into Formula 1. But uh, I think he's proved himself this year, and I'm really excited to see where he goes next year. Uh, another one that's been a little bit interesting, uh, and I know we both have some thoughts on this, is Yuki Sonoda uh, finishing tied for 16th point, 16th place, uh, but down in 17th because of finishing orders. Uh, so he finished with 12 points. Yeah, I think Sonoda, I don't know. I think I had higher hopes going into the season for him than what he did. Um, I think that was swayed a little because their the AlphaTauri car was so much worse than last year. Yeah. Last year they legitimately had you could argue at times a top 5 car. Mm-hmm. And like I know they had uh Gasly was on a, a different level compared to Sonoda last year, but Gasly was I mean that was a consistent P5 P6 guy in qualifying. Yeah. Um and Sonoda was usually at the butt end of Q3 or you know the top of Q2 mm-hmm. finishing 11 12. So their car was way worse this year so and you can see that with the number of points Gasly had too, but Yeah. I think Sonoda is just the mistakes he had and then the different incidents and then just like really not having any 
like prime moments or moments where you're like, wow, that was awesome by him. I think he kind of took a step back this year. I think, I think next year he's going to like, he's on the hot seat. Then I think it's next year is going to be a big year for him, especially with DeVries coming in and yeah. comparing being compared between the two. But I think Sonoda definitely had a disappointing season. Definitely. I think, you know, his rookie year, he was able to, to utilize what the car had and that made him look probably, you know, pretty solid, but definitely a lot of mistakes. I think this was the year where they were expecting him to really take that step forward. And, yeah. you know, it is hard to judge because that car was so bad, but I think he, you know, it looks like he took a step back because of the car and probably also because of his, yeah. uh, you know, lack of ability to put it up there. Um, I think those mistakes really bite him, you know, and it's kind of an instance where when he makes a mistake you it kind of highlights in your mind because you're like he's making all of these mistakes it just kind of compounds much more than you know somebody a lot higher up on the order when they're making a mistake it's like oh that was uncharacteristic yeah for Sonoda it's almost like that's kind of just who he is now and all these instances are are just kind of stacking up but you know he's had some decent performances able to to get 12 points uh in that car that's not the worst but uh we'll see where he goes next year and i am excited to see kind of that driver lineup uh, yeah with him next yeah, year it'd be interesting i think i one other point which I, maybe this is just me i feel like of the like not lower tier drivers like the drivers who are like not fighting for points often you don't often see them on tv mm-hmm. of the bat pack i feel like we saw Sonoda a ton this year and i know some of it yeah. was because of incidents but like also just in general onboards and stuff yeah i feel like there was just a lot of Sonoda talking like Radio messages. I feel like radio messages and stuff, and I know like some of that's him, but I feel like some of it he's just like unlucky, like that he like got a lot of spotlight on him for, like, yeah. for no real reason, and like then that got highlighted more and made maybe made seem maybe made it seem like things were worse than they actually were. Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, moving up, we got Mick Schumacher, who we've touched on briefly because of yeah. his incident in Abu Dhabi. Uh, Twelve points for him in the Haas, uh, much more kind of gap in that team I think uh, yeah. even though you know points wise it might not look like it but Magnussen was able to finish uh, in some really good spots obviously yeah. his pole in Brazil which makes it look uh, pretty tough for for Mick that but one was really tough yeah I think Mick more so had those those instances where he was able to put it up you know yeah. higher he had a, a good streak of races in the middle of the season where he was outperforming Magnussen and it was really looking yeah. like he had started to take that step forward uh you know, I'm excited to see what he's able to do in the Mercedes reserve role. I think he'll be a good supporting character there. And yeah. uh, hopefully they're able to to do something for him to get him back into the sport. Because, you know, they were talking a lot about this before he got into the sport. But it, it does take him like a year to get used to the car yeah. and, and then to really excel. And we saw that in Formula 2 and some of his other, you know, Formula yeah. careers. But I think with the new formula of car, even though it was his second year with that you know, a whole new car. We've seen a lot of drivers struggle to adapt yeah. to it. I think he probably had a little bit of that as well. And hopefully, you know, he'll be able to do something good for Mercedes and, and hopefully Mercedes yeah. can get him back into a, I think, a seat. I think it was the best move possible for him outside of getting an actual Formula 1 seat was yeah. to do this. One, just the whole brand and, like, his namesake and everything, like, being associated with Mercedes, I think is just a smart move. Yeah. And then if you look at the success of, like, I mean, I feel like Toto does a good job of this. Like, they had Ocon that one year, mm-hmm. and the next year got him a seat. Yeah. You have DeVries this past year, gets him a seat. Um, It's a great place to develop. He's going to be able to work with, you know, one of the better teams in a top car and, like, get to test that car and, like, get to learn a lot from, from Russell and Hamilton and just the team in general. And so I think it's the best co- possible outcome. And then – I think it's like you said. I think he probably will get another chance somewhere because it's Mercedes and really just Mercedes, honestly, in terms of like reserve drivers. It's the same thing as for those of you that watch college football. If you have a bad, if you you know are a head coach and lose your job or get fired, just go do a season as an assistant under Nick Saban, and then you'll go get a head coaching job again. That's all you have to do. And this is like a very similar vibe to that, where it's like, all right, like you, you know, he didn't capitalize as well as he probably should have. You know, take some time, learn some more, get a little better, go under this powerhouse that is Mercedes, and then he can go back and get a seat somewhere else. So I think it's a very smart move. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be good for him, uh, but we'll see where that goes. Next up the list is Lance Stroll, who uh, just kind of has this constant seat. I know we've had some conversations about where his motivation comes from, and, you know, I think he was kind of handily outperformed this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, I agree with you. It's, 
one of those ones where you wonder, like, because he knows he has a seat forever, mm-hmm. how motivated really is he? And, like, almost is it one of those things where he's just driving because he, like, oh, it's fun driving Formula One and, like, be in the limelight and stuff. Like, I mean, he's the son of a billionaire. Yeah. He's going to inherit all that money anyway. So, like, what's – there's not, like, a money motivator. Yeah. There's not a pressure of, like, losing your seat because your dad owns the team. So, like, where does he get that motivation from? And I think the other – I think it was a disappointing year for him. I think – their car kind of stunk this year, yeah, which didn't help. And I think that t- honestly, they probably took a step back even from last year. You could argue with the car or stay just about the same. It didn't. It didn't improve. I don't think. Yeah. Um. And I don't think he improved. And then he, the end of the season was really a sore spot. I mean, he had Definitely. so many terrible incidents that were completely his fault and dangerous. That mm-hmm. I don't. Know, I think it really puts a, a sore light on his season as a whole. And I think it was kind of disappointing. Yeah, definitely. And it is really hard when you have those incidents at the end of a season, because you go into an entire off season with those kind of question marks hanging around, but there's no doubt that he has talent. You know, he he had flashes of excellence. He had some really great overtakes, uh, some really great, great race starts. You know, he's a good, Oh, he was one of the best race starters. You could make the argument. He was one of the, I don't know, probably top three race starter this season throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he just has that ability, you know, good wet driver as well. So I, I think he's an exciting driver when he's on, but he's just not really a consistently, yes. you know, great driver. And and I don't think he kind of brings his best foot forward every weekend, yes. which is kind of unfortunate because it would be a lot of fun to watch him at that, at that level that he can get to. I agree. Uh, but yeah. I, I am excited for the team, really excited yeah. for, for where that car is going to go. I am nervous for where that driver pairing is going to go. Yes, but. I think there could be some drama there. But I, I, you make a great point. I think if we look back at Stroll when they had the racing point, mm-hmm. in 2020 it was a pretty strong car. In general, they had a pretty strong car, and he had a couple of podiums, and he had some good performances. Yeah. If he can bring the consistency and they can actually get this car up to what they think they can, which, again, if you have all the money they have, I don't know why they couldn't, but I, I think the most interesting dynamic will be the teammate thing next year because – I just don't think him and Alonso are going to get along at all. I don't know I if Alonso think, and anybody will get along. I don't think Alonso and anybody gets along at all. I think Alonso is just, you know, old. When we've, I've expressed my opinion. I think he's just like an old man yelling at Cloud. Like, he's just old. He's on his own. He's not. He's so much older than all these other drivers. He's like a different generation, basically. Yeah. He's got a one-track mind for winning. And, yeah. And if he's got to take out his teammate on the way there, as he has this season with yes. Ocon. Uh Anyway, we're not on Alonzo, so no. <laughs> we'll get into him when we get into him. Uh, let's now move up to Gasly, who had a you know decent season. I think it yeah. looks really terrible because of what he was able to do last year. Yes, which is you know really tough as a fan, just in general. Yeah, to not be able to see you know him put uh, great performances in like he did last year, but you know still every once in a while popping it up into into Q three and having yeah. really good. Uh, qualifying sessions, um, having, I think, just a really consistent race runner. I think some of these midfield guys, especially throughout the second half of the season when everybody started to kind of consistently slide into where they were, just kind of fell under the radar. And I think he was one of those guys that fell into that, like, you know, 9, 10 through 14, 15. Yeah. So, you know, really tough for him with the car he has. But Oh, so bad. Super excited to see him with Alpine. Oh, yeah. You know, potentially a race winning car for him i think they could yet the way they're talking about it and everything and if if they can get it close enough if their alpine is in that category where it's like if they can they're they're not going to be competing every weekend for race wins but if they can get it close enough and if some chaos happens or some weird things happen they could get a win and he could be someone to capitalize on that so i think it's great for him he's finally making that step up back up again i think he's earned that and deserves that step up definitely um especially you know if, i think you could argue if alpha tori put another great car out again this year like all right like you know if we keep improving like we you could do it with us but they took a big step back this year as a team so i, I, I think it's good for him i really think that this move to alpine is probably his best move on the grid entirely i think he he steps yeah. in and it's going to be able to fight from day one as that number one driver I think, you know, even if he were to jump into a better car, I think he would kind of fall under the limelight of, of another driver. So I'm really excited to see, you know, him and Ocon going into this team, who's going to be the team lead? I think that's going to be the question for them. And yeah. I, I think Gasly has that ability to outperform 
Ocon, especially when he's on his day. And, you know, with a car that we watched Alonso qualify with, I think Gasly's going to be able to, to do even better. Yeah, I agree. So let's go ahead and jump up to Kevin Magnussen, maiden pole sitter this year. I think a great season for him. So that Haas car still stunk this year. Yeah. It was not historically bad what it was last year, but they came from no points last year. I mean, they didn't, weren't even close to points ever last year, and now they've gotten to a point where they're scoring 37 this year as a team. So I think it's a big step forward for them in general. I think a lot of that was because of Magnuson, um, you know, being called kind of out of nowhere to, to fill in for that seat. And, you know, now he's signed another – I think he's on a contract for a couple of years. So um, I think he did a great job. I think, you know, I think the highlight of the season obviously is the poll. And yep. him getting up, I don't care what the conditions were. I don't care what the, the fact that getting a pull in that Haas yeah. is unbelievable. I don't care what the conditions were. I don't care what happened and the whole Russell spinning out thing and everything that went down. It like obviously some luck with it there. Him even being in that position to be at the top of that board for even a split second in Q3 is unbelievable. So yeah. and all cr- credit to him and credit to the team too for having yeah. that, you know, awareness to put him out. So yeah, you know, no doubt a good season from him. Super glad he's back and able to to continue racing. Uh, I think they finally have given him a car that he can, you know, sh- show some really yeah. bright moments with. So uh, excited for him, and hopefully they can take a step forward. Uh, you know, they're getting a new title sponsor, and they have that going forward. So hopefully yeah. they'll they'll have the money to actually go up to the the cost cap and uh, potentially you know at least develop throughout most of the season, which they haven't been yeah. able to recently. So. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to take take a step forward with that. Uh, let's go ahead and move into Sebastian Vettel um, retirement. You know, not yeah. a, not a bad season, but not a great season. Yeah, no. Uh, mainly attributed to the car he was in. Yeah, I would say it's it's tough to judge. I'd put it right in the average season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had a couple of standout performances and a couple times he looked great. Um, I, I think <laughs> what hurts him for me is just always just being so upset at the end of q1 always <laughs> that he was out and i wanted to i wanted to just someone to just go up to him and tap him the shoulder and be like buddy like look have, at the car you're in like gonna have to get used are to you this. really that surprised you're out in q1 like you got to get used to this like i know he's driven he's a four-time world champion had red bull and ferrari they drove for but like those aren't those those days are past now like he's yeah. got to get used to this and so that's the only thing that like it's only like I'll, I'll remember the positives too, but the lasting image in my head is just him getting so mad every time because he would always finish 16th yeah. and be just outside getting into Q2, and he'd be so shocked and disappointed yeah. every time, even though you could almost always bet that both the Aston Martins would be out in Q1. Mm-hmm. I'll, I will say you know, one thing that will last for this season is the second win that he got after he announced retirement, he started putting in you know, great performances yeah. after that. I think that decision was kind of weighing on him, and, and after it freed him up, he was able to to really go attack the last end of the season there. And uh, I think, you know, some really great overtakes and some really great races from him just to round out the season, which was nice to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, another driver that came from Red Bull, uh, not racing next year, Daniel Ricciardo. Going tied. back to Red Bull. Yep, yep. Uh, not a good season, though. No. <laughs> Terrible season from Daniel Ricciardo. Um, look, I love the guy, one of my favorite drivers, but he was so disappointing this year. They yeah. would have, McLaren would have absolutely run away with the P4 thing if he would have even performed halfway decent. Mm-hmm. Um, they clearly had a decent enough car to, to, I, I, the, the problem with me is I know Lando was much better than him and stand out of that, those two cars of the Alpines and the Clarence, but mm-hmm. you look at Alonzo and, uh, Ocon, who we'll get to like in the eighties to nineties, like if Ricardo's even in the seventies, they're 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 clear thirty points of Alpine for P four. Yeah. The problem was is he's finished with thirty seven points, and he had that he had that stretch in the middle of the season that felt like I don't know twelve races in a row where he didn't finish in the points. Yeah. Um, you know he had a couple of highlights where he had Singapore where he finished in fifth and um, finished with points in the last race and stuff, but overall like just consistently out qualified, outperformed by Lando, just a huge gap always in race pace. He had some weird mistakes too, like just yeah. like uh, where he was just trying too much, basically. But mm-hmm. I think just a really disappointing season for him. I think a tough way to go out, and then you know, I think this was a year where if he would have proved it, he would have gotten another another year with McLaren. But yeah. they, he did so bad, they ended the contract early. Yeah, I think he had a roller coaster of a year off the track, and, yeah, and just a, a constant low on the track. He, you know, had a couple of good races in the points, but. Finishing, you know, just for context, he finished with 37 points. 
Lando Norris had 122. That that might be the biggest gap in the midfield. Oh uh, yeah, and I mean easily in the midfield. I agree, and I think that's. I think the. I think it's a. It might be the second biggest gap of everyone. The biggest being Verstappen and Perez, but it's not even comparable because the points they're fighting for, yeah, were way more. I mean, Verstappen's yeah. fighting for 25 points a race. Lando's fighting for P7. Mm-hmm. That's six points. To outscore by 90 points your teammate yeah. in a car that's fighting for the back end of the points really is, tough. I think, and I think it's both ways. I think I'm not going to discredit Lando. I think he yeah. earned that as well. But Certainly. like that's very bad from Ricardo. They have the same car, mm-hmm. and you're getting outscored by 90 points when you're fighting for the back end of points. It's just tough to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely has been rough. Let's go ahead and move up to Valtteri Bottas, uh, starting to round out the top 10 here. Yeah. Bottas with 49 points in the uh, sixth fastest car. I think a really good performance this year. I think a lot of people expected him to move down the order and and not really shine, but uh, I think he backed up his his pace. There were so many doubters when he was at Mercedes that uh, he was – finally able to to kind of outshine the car yeah uh, and be that number one driver uh, I think a really good season for him I think he's enjoying it and we've touched on this throughout the season I think he's enjoying Formula One so much more now with yeah you know arguably the most get along two guys that are on yes. the paddock and really enjoying their time together and I think Bottas is is really enjoying leading that team finally. Yeah, I think he's having fun this year, which is a big difference from years past. I think he had that just constant pressure before, which mm-hmm. should be expected as well based on the team he was on and the position he was in. But I think he really performed well this year. He had like six DNFs too because of an engine. Yeah. So I know he wasn't fighting for big points, but let's say those six DNFs were, you know, let's just say like two points a race. Like he probably had another 12 to 15 points in him mm-hmm. just from DNFs. And that puts him, you know, squarely in. I mean, he was squarely in it to begin with, but you know, pushing for P nine then in the in the driver standing. So, yeah, they did have, you know, at best the sixth fastest car on yeah. a given weekend, if not worse. So for him to finish with forty nine points, like actually not, I don't know, not that bad considering he's probably fighting for one or two points a race. Yeah, definitely. over the course of the season, that means he is mostly capitalizing on that. And mm-hmm. I think a great performance. I think he'll only get better again next year. And I just think, like I said, the biggest thing is that he's like so much more or less stressed and happier now and enjoying his time in Formula One. Yeah, and let's not forget that car kind of tapered out at the oh, end of yeah. the season. Oh, yeah, it was so hot to start with, and then it just got worse and worse. And then yeah. before you know it, every race, I feel like every recap we did, it was like oh, yeah, both the Alfa Romeo's DNF this week, yeah. or one of them did at least. Yeah, really rough season for, for that team, uh, but I think Bottas was a little light yeah. uh, within there. Uh, one of the teams that had – a you know, kind of the opposite came on at the end of the season was was uh, Alpine, and we got Alonzo and Ocon up next. Alonzo finishing ninth, Ocon yeah. eighth. I think a really good performance from Alonzo. He was able to, to utilize the car that was under him in maybe a more flashy way than Ocon ever was throughout yes. the season. Just so much bad luck. So much bad luck. I agree. And I, I think, you know, some of it comes down to he just had a knack for incidents this year, yeah. getting into incidents, and I think – there was a handful of times where he was, you know, maybe putting the car in some questionable p- yes. places in regards to, to where some other drivers were and where they were going. Uh, but Ocon, I think, you know, had more of a consistent Assistant. season. Yes. But not... He didn't have the highs and lows. Exactly. So uh, yeah. I think that's why they were pretty close to standing is Alonso had much higher highs mm-hmm. where he looked... There were weekends where he looked way better and looked elite, basically. Qualifying. Then he, and yeah, and qualifying and stuff. But then he had terrible weekends too whereas Ocon didn't really have that he was pretty much always in the points it was just near the back end and like p8 okay. p9 p10 but like he didn't have anything where we like wow he's looking real racy today but he also didn't look bad either so I feel like Ocon's retirements when you look back and think about him they were you know make it back into the pit lane whereas Alonso yeah. you know he's oh they were yeah playing yeah the wall, exactly you know? I mean we we t- I talk about it all the time Fernando Alonso is the absolute trolliest driver in the history of the sport he is all-time funny. I'm not a big fan of him, but I got to admit, he did a great job this year at times. He was very unlucky. Yeah. Uh, we talk about all the time. He, he'll he have you convinced he was, you know, top three in the driver's standings with all his unluck. <laughs> that definitely not the case. He still is a P8, P9 driver, but he was very unlucky and stuff, and he had some great performances. But, yeah, like you said, there's no one that's involved in more drama on the track, more incidents, more, like, spotlight everything. Yeah. And that's just going to continue next year. I think it's going to get even spicier between him and Stroll. Yeah, and if and it that wasn't team and if it wasn't on the track, 
you know, he was saying something off the, track off the track to keep the spot. I mean, yeah, there was just some or giving wagging the finger at people, which I love yeah. all that. But then, yeah, and some of the comments off the track were just some of them were tough looks. Some of them um, was out there. Some of them were out there. Some of them were just really bad takes where it's like, who let him tweet this or say this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like because it, I mean, like it's like an old man joke, but it's like, all right, come on, it's like it's time to go home. Like you're yeah. too old for this. Like, yeah. But I agree. I think. Overall, for Alpine this season to kind of wrap this up, I think they had a, had a positive season. I think they have a lot of step, like a lot to look forward to next year with bringing Gasly in and like yeah. the direction the car is going and stuff. But they had a lot of missed opportunities. They had some different engine failures and things, and they had a lot of weekends where they really did everything they could till the end to try to let McLaren take P4 and the constructors. They yeah. did everything they could. They but, really did. Um, yeah. I think good prospects for both of them going forward. I think the yeah. the the way the drivers, you know, silly season worked out is probably best for these two drivers. And, oh yeah. Uh, I think it'll be fun to watch both of them and their respective teams next year. Next up in seventh, we got 122 points, Lando Norris. I don't think we have a ton to say about him other than he was fantastic with the car yes. that he was given. I think a really tough start to the season. You know, when they were doing preseason testing, yeah. they. Didn't look like they were ever gonna, you know, finish a race with the the brakes. No, yeah, that they it looked had. terrible. Uh, and then Bahrain, they were horrible. Yeah, so but I agree. I had not much to say. We've hit on every year. He was consistently the best of the rest. Which mm-hmm. I know he doesn't want that title, but yeah, with the car they had, he consistently outperformed the car. Mm-hmm. Um, consistently put it in seventh place. And if anybody messed up up front of the inside front, he took. He was the one to take those spots. Only one outside the top three teams to get a podium. Yeah, a um, couple fastest laps on the year. And then I just think like the like we've talked about the consistency of him and like not you always know like he's always gonna get it into Q three mm-hmm. he's always gonna have a good race performance yeah as long as the car's under him and I I hope McLaren can get improve and get that car under him because I think he deserves it but yeah not much to say he I think the one like I think this is you could I know he had significantly more points last year but I think you could argue this is his best season of Formula One just in terms of driving and the success he had with the car he was given. Yeah, the outperforming of the car this season was, was I'd say, unmatched the entire grid. Yeah, I agree. So really great great year from him. Uh, now we move into the top six. I think a top six that we saw coming from maybe the second race of the whole year. So yes. We start off here with Mercedes and Hamilton, and I think a driver that we would expect to be a lot higher if it wasn't for the beginning of the season kind of testing different bits is yes. what, it, what it seemed like. And uh, I think that kind of held him back uh, quite a bit, but still only, you know, within six points of, of signs. So still, yeah. you know, that just shows the, the second half of the season that he had was absolutely unbelievable. I think, yeah, I think besides, I know in terms of points he finished, I think it was Max, LeClaire, Hamilton in terms of like the points the second half of the season. But I think by far, I, obviously Max of the season he had, and he had to put at the top. But I think in terms of driver performance and stuff, he was the best the second best in the grid for mm-hmm. the second half of the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, it almost felt like it was a given every race that he'd finish P2 or P3. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had, yeah, I think he's got a lot of momentum going into next year. We'll obviously get into our predictions for next year in a different episode, but I think if they can get the car right, it's going to be, he'll be right back at the top fighting for the top and fighting for wins every race. So yeah, I think he had a great end of the season, and I think it's, like you said, the different testing and stuff they did kind of, lost him some points at the beginning there and they didn't really get the car going until the I'd say the last third of the season is really really turned mm-hmm. it up so uh six it sounds wild to say he was in six but like like you said points wise there really isn't that big of a gap between you know four five six in terms of the points itself so yeah and I think these top six drivers are you know drivers and cars that we expect to be fighting for the championship yeah. next year and uh, being the first year of, of the new regulations, Mercedes obviously missed the mark at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, and so I think next year he has a lot of prospects for uh, fighting for that world champion position. But let's go ahead and jump to, to Carlos Sainz and Ferrari here in fifth place, uh, you know, splitting the Mercedes down at the at the four or six spot yeah. there. And, uh, you know, just able to edge out Hamilton. Sainz had, I'd say, you know, one of the biggest highs and lowest lows season yes he know. had a very roller coaster year i would agree i think i think overall a positive year he got a race win mm-hmm. had a pull you know he was fighting at the front and stuff and i think he really picked it up at the end of the season and got back on form yeah um he had a little bit of unluckiness too there was you know quite a few dnfs that were because of his engine yeah um that come to mind and the 
obviously being with Ferrari, the strategy and stuff was always tough. But definitely, yeah, he had a couple mistakes too. Yeah, you know, had the one in Australia where he was trying to make up all the positions at once because he started at the back because of the engine penalty, put yeah. in the gravel. You know, you had a couple. In, you had in Japan where he just spun out. I know Japan was extremely wet, but yeah, he just spun out on his own there. Yeah. Um, so he had a couple incidents too where it was a little tough and a little bit his fault. So I would say, yeah, I agree. It kind of up and down, but overall positive here, I think from his side, he's definitely going to be disappointed because of the gap he has to his teammate and the yeah. car they had was arguably the best car most of the season. I think it's really easy to forget that this was his year with a maiden race winning car. Like, yes, he, you know, maiden race win, maiden pole. He's at the top, at the front for yeah. the first, first time, time really ever, in yeah. his career. And I, I think some of that pressure caught up to him, especially at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I think he ended the season on a much higher note, more consistent note, and I'm excited to see where that goes next year. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to George Russell in fourth place. Um, you know, great season from him. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, arguably the most, uh, I would say, um, in terms of consistency, one of the most consistent drivers. Yeah. I know he ended up having a couple outside of it, but he was always, it felt like, P3 to P5. He might have been more consistent than Latifi. Yes, in terms of finishing position, he could have been, yeah. Um, and he had a race win, uh, had some really high moments, some really great moments, and I think overall it's just super consistent and mm-hmm. got the most out of that car all season. And I, I think another one where him and Hamilton both, it's going to be interesting to see how that dyna- dynamic is if they can get the car right next year and they're fighting for wins, Yeah, how that dynamic changes. I think it won't change that much. I think they're very respectful of each other, as we've talked about. I agree. And I think they always will be. And I think the reason for that kind of is, too, is that, Hamilton has had the career he's had and has everything accomplished. Yeah. And so like, and Russell hasn't. So like, I, I don't, I just don't see there being really disagreements between him because I know Hamilton still wants to win his eighth and still wants to win and stuff, but it's a different than like you have with like Verstappen and Perez or like Sainz and Leclerc where it's like, they're both battling for like to get those accomplishments still. Yeah, but definitely. I think a great season from Russell I think a lot of positives going into next year. Yeah, and we we see that team dynamic on you know George's first win in his career. Yeah, you know we saw Hamilton in second place in that in that race and just a really respectful race between the two of them. Yeah, uh, after the race, a lot of praise for for both of them from each other, and uh, I think a really good season from from Mercedes, and yeah. I think they're going to take a, a pretty hefty step forward for next year. Yeah, not to hit it, Tyler's predictions for. The predictions episode, but oh, I would never call them champions. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Super excited to, to watch them next season. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump to the podium here. We got Perez in third, uh, just barely edged out by Leclerc. Uh, in second, what was it place. three points? Three points, three in the points. End. Yep, yeah, uh, so second and third place finish, yeah, in the end, so. second and third. Yeah, so I think, I think these two, I think we should kind of hit on these at the same time because it felt like they went back and forth the whole season for the yeah. second place. I don't, I don't know. I feel like. Leclerc started out. It well, as a, yes, a but like for m- most of the season, once I think for me at least, after it got to a point where like once Max got up like thirty points, I'm like yeah, this is Ferrari's just messing up. After the Monaco, what after what happened at Monaco with Leclerc, yeah, and Ferrari bottling that, and I'm like, there's no way they're winning this championship. There's just not a chance. And Perez winning the race. And Perez winning the race. Yeah. yeah. So I think these two kind of went back and forth. I think this is kind of at least for when I look at the season, like gaps in the field i think you had max and then you had a gap and then you had leclerc and prez and then a gap and then you had russell signs and hamilton kind of fighting for four five six yeah and then a gap to the rest of the people but i think i think both prez and leclerc i think a great year from both of them their best seasons in formula one respectively ever mm-hmm. um i think for perez's sake you got two race wins this year awesome season for him i at many times he was on par with Max and, you know, on the street circuits outperformed him. It seemed like every single time in the street yeah. circuits, um, but challenged him much more. Felt like the qualifying gaps were much closer. It felt like the race pace was much closer because last year it felt like Max was just, I mean, it was just a totally different, they were two different drives. I wondered at times last year where like, is Perez even driving the same car? Yeah. Cause it was just so big a discrepancy. But and an issue we've seen, throughout kind of the Red Bull past few years is that that gap from yes. Max and the second driver. But I think Perez was more uh, definitely closer within, but yeah. a, a teammate that's been able to help him more in the front than any driver before him in that. Yes, I agree Max. because I think, you know, the the role, the golden standard for teammates was all, in my opinion, and still is to some degree, was, was Hamilton and Bottas. Like they worked mm-hmm. so well together. They never really had issues. Yeah. But I agree 
I think Perez was on a much better level than Bottas ever was this year to where he could really help at the front mm-hmm. in terms of um, like helping Max and things like that. And we saw that a lot, which was, I think, to Perez's credit, I think it's always tough for a driver to kind of accept that role. And I think he kind of fit into it well, though. And I, I think it's going to make his I think it's going to make his career last longer. Yeah, well, it certainly has already. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's accepted that second driver role, to be honest. Well, I think I, yeah, but... He, he understands that I think that's, that's what I'm saying. Is. He understands yeah. that that's where he's at right now. Yeah. And this is what's best for... I think he, like... It's one of those things, like, he made a business decision. I think he realized mm-hmm. at a certain point, I'm not going to win the championship this year. Let me make this business decision now so I can make sure I keep this seat. Yeah. But he and definitely has the car. I think he the has the car, and I think he has the ability. And I think it... If he can get it right and stuff, and I think the other thing that's was kind of hurt him this year is that you know Ferrari bungled their stuff so much. It really was just like, all right, which Red Bull driver is going to win? Mm-hmm. And usually Max capitalized on that. If there's Ferrari and Mercedes in the mix next year, and you get this jumbled order where maybe Max doesn't qualify, maybe he qualifies fifth, or it's you know it's a wild card he's going to qualify, and he can't just run away with the race at the beginning because he qualifies on pole every week. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be the really interesting thing of like, can he fight through and like, can he get racing and stuff then? And how do they approach that? But yeah, I think, I think a great season for him, you know, on that note and, and kind of a little side point here, you think there's going to be a lot more incidents at the top? I think there's going to be so many incidents next yeah, year should get spicy. because I think you're going to have, and we'll get into our predictions later, but I think there's just, and I think we both think the same. There's just no way Mercedes messes it up again. Yeah. At worst, they might be a tiny bit behind to start the season, yeah. but they've clearly caught up now, mm-hmm. um, and they're clearly in the fight now for the races and stuff, and then you have Ferrari bringing in a new team principal, who I think is going to be huge for them, Yeah, and then you have um, you know, Red Bull being Red Bull. I think they, and they're going to be taking, I think, a tiny step back because of the penalty with the wind tunnel time. Definitely. So I think you're going to have all three really fighting and i think it could be a case and i hope it is where it's like any of these six drivers could get pulled every week we could see any variation of this order to start a race Mm -hmm. and i think you were going to get a lot of chaos because i think before you had where it was just max would get away and then it'd be like well they'll all settle in and like get to their respective spots like you could have six drivers fighting for race win every week like it's going to be chaos at the start of races yeah definitely well let's go ahead and just briefly touch on you know, Leclerc and Verstappen up top, uh, you know, we've already mentioned them quite a bit here, but Leclerc, I think, had a really good season, obviously reliability, and then just a, you know, a couple of his own mistakes really yeah. got in the way of him continuing that, that the, championship. The lead. French Grand Prix was one that comes to mind. Definitely. I think yep. that's a big stepping. I didn't think he was going to win the championship anyways, Yeah, but he was in first that race. That should have been a race win for him, and it could have kind of closed, reclosed that gap some and brought some momentum. Yeah, but he crashed out on his own, and then yeah. I think that was a big turning point. But I agree, a great year from him. Mm-hmm. A few mistakes that hurt him, but I think it'll be interesting to see with the new team principal, with just a whole new vibe around the team next year. It feels like kind of how they perform. The changes he's making, you know, the team is all around him now. Yeah, he's single now. He's single now too. That is a big one. It's going to be a, a very different Charles that we see coming to the racetrack next year, and I think, uh, you know, he's going to be just more focused than ever. And I think yeah. those, those personal mistakes that we've seen so often with him in the past, will will start to wipe away. Yeah. And I think he'll be able to stay in the hunt a lot longer. Let's go ahead and jump to Verstappen. Not much to say here. Really. I mean, he, he I, walked away with, the he walked away with it. I know everyone knows our thoughts on max, especially your feelings about max, but he was, I mean, broke the record for points in a season for a driver, broke the race wins record. He finished with what? 15, I think. Yeah. Quite um, a few unbelievable he was on just a different level compared to everybody else obviously they had a great car but he always capitalized on it yeah and you know the fact that McLaren with more poles than him and he still won that many more races super impressive and you, you know spa keeps coming back to mind that yeah. weekend he was in a literal rocket ship. oh yeah that was the fast that might be the fast car i've ever seen fighting from the back and he it was you know a lap and over yeah and it was just unbelievable it looks no it reminded me of like the 2020 Mercedes car yeah, where it was like just so much. I don't know why there's this always this video that pops on my Instagram of Lewis in the 2020 car, like going through poo on at spa, yeah. like flat out and like just watching it. I'm like, wow, that's the fast. But then like the Max's car at, at spa was unbelievable. It was, that was and, absolutely ridiculous. And you know, nothing to knock him. That car yeah. was great, but 
he also drove yes, it he out drove of his insane, mind. Yeah, you know Perez, although he also had a very fast car yeah. that race, didn't have quite the the ability yes. that Verstappen did, and uh, I think that kind of sums up his season really well. You and know, he had two DNS because of the engine too, right at the beginning of the season. Right at the beginning of the season, it was and a, a tough start, but he was able to overcome that. And I think and the, still yeah. wrap up the championship. Still wrap the championship with, with five races left, whatever. I think the two. biggest step. I think he actually the and last year he obviously looked great too. Obviously won the world well won the world championship last year. But like they, I think the biggest thing. Well, yeah, it's, but um, I think the biggest thing this year is other than that mistake at Singapore where he went straight on when he was battling Lando yeah. there, he really didn't have any mistakes this year. And no. in the past he's I, he's gotten better at it every year. In the past he's always had a few like bonehead things like like in italy last year where he had just was like well if i'm not like, if i'm not gonna win this race like lewis isn't either i'm just gonna put it right into him when he brake checked lewis brake check like you know. d- he didn't have any of those like what are you doing dude yeah like moments this year he just was way better than everybody and like drove mm. better and like drove clean races and i think all of us were like waiting like are always wanting like oh maybe he'll like make a mistake or have a dnf or something that'll cause a little bit of drama but he just kept it clean and Usually, if he got in first race, he would just blow it away, and it would win by 30 seconds. So, it, I think that's... He was just so far out front yeah. and in such a faster car than, than the rest of the field yeah. that he didn't have the opportunity to make the mistakes. Yeah. And I think, you know, the only mistakes that we could hope for to tighten the championship were reliability issues with yeah. the car. And, and they fixed that completely. They solved it, They yeah. fixed it completely. I'll give Red Bull credit, too, because after the first three races... I thought I'm like Ferrari's gonna run away with this. Leclerc's mm-hmm. gonna run away with this. Yeah. Max is gonna finish like P6 in this championship because they're not gonna be able to fix this car. Mm-hmm. But they, I don't know what they did, but they figured out whatever the problem was after three races, and there was not a reliability issue to be found after that. No, well, they had you know just random ones like the DRS issues, yeah. and, and stuff like that, but nothing like nothing that ended up costing them. Yeah, yeah. So really, really impressive season from them and. uh you know, yeah, seven hundred fifty-nine points, which I think we both thought they were going to do it, but I I looked it up after. I mean, that Mercedes seven sixty-five looks to be untouchable. Yeah, and I think the most impressive thing about that, not to get off topic here, that was in less races too. Definitely, they yeah. did less races then to score seven sixty-five. But I think I did look it up that they had like, I know Red Bull won. I guess what was it like seventeen of the twenty-two races this year or something? Yeah, um, Mercedes won like. I think it was like 19 of 20 of yeah. Mercedes driver won yep. that year. So I don't know if that's ever going to be touched. I thought it was going to be broken this year, but they still were six points behind, which is unbelievable, unbelievable to think about. But yeah, that, that kind of wraps up our, our run through the order here. Yeah, Let's wrap up with a uh, an overall season rating out of 10. Oh, I like this. What are you giving me? Okay, so this is tough because the last year was, a, I mean, a 10 out of 10, I think you'd give last year. There's a lot of different ways to go with that. Well, I think in terms of just drama and getting eyeballs on the sport, yep. 10 out of 10. Obviously, it ended the way it ended. But um, I would say I would give this an uh, – I'll give it an 8.5 out of 10. Okay. I think although the championship was wrapped up so early and that piece of it was boring, I think the new gen of cars worked so well. Couldn't agree more. We saw so many more overtakes this year. I forget what the, they did the stats for it. It was like 200-something more overtakes over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Everyone was much racier. Um, it felt like we saw a lot more battling just in general in yeah. the races. Um, obviously, you still have where you have the front runners running way away with it and the people that are at the back being at the back. But I feel like the midfield was much bigger this year, and we saw like a much better fight between those cars. Um, and I think the, the only race that comes to mind that was bad was Mexico. That one stunk. Yeah. But like... The rest of the races were all pretty interesting in some regard, in some way. There were storylines. And I think you had some elite races as well that really, like like Brazil and uh, Silverstone. Like, I think those really carried the season as well. Yeah. And then I think wall-to-wall we saw a good season. I think like people forget, like those are the ones that come to mind, but like Bahrain was an awesome race. Yeah. And that was the first race of the season. With Yeah. I mean, So many storylines. So yeah, so many storylines. And then I think you had a lot of good drama off the track. And so I, I think it was a very I think it was a very good season. I think it was I think it's only gonna hopefully get better next year as we see more of these teams fight at the top. Yeah. But I think the biggest for me, the biggest winner is the the next gen of cars. They clearly got that right in terms of what they're trying to accomplish with it. We saw so much more better racing and like that's all you can really ask for among the whole field is seeing better racing for everybody. Yeah, yeah, I definitely could not agree more. That was exactly where I was gonna go with my answer as well. Yeah. I think 
I think eight and a half really yeah. is, is what I was thinking as well. So couldn't have said it better myself and really excited to see where it goes. I think another, well, one interesting point I will say is, you know, the crypto.com overtake uh, champion this year had less overtakes than last year. So kind of an interesting stat there. Yeah. But, uh, but I think it's really good. I think you could make the argument that it's because there was so much more overtaking by everybody better that you didn't out. better spread out yeah. overtaking that you didn't have like, you know, you could have last year where everybody was settling in. If there was one car in the middle and one guy that I don't even remember who it was last year, it probably was like a Lonzo or Raikkonen. I think it was Raikkonen. Yeah. Or Vettel. Like, Vettel, like, maybe. Yeah, Vettel, maybe. Vettel, like yeah. you had a midfield car like that. Who's like decent and like can make passes. Yeah. If everybody kind of falls in the line, then one car is going to get a lot more. But yeah, I think I agree. I think it's exciting like the prospects of where it's going to go. And if, if we can get three teams fighting at the front with these cars, like it could make for every race because that's the only piece I was missing this year for me is like that good championship battle. Cause he yeah. Max just kind of ran away with it. But other than that, it was a good year. Another thing we had a really good, uh, you know, bonus this year was, was silly season. It was, yeah. You know, lasted a lot longer. Oh and yeah. It was, you know, three times as crazy as I've seen yeah. since I've been following the sport. So, uh, really fun there and gives a lot of good prospects for next season. So, Keep an eye out for our uh, our coming soon episodes about next season, our award yes. show coming next, and uh, we'll see you soon. We'll see you guys. Bye.